Hello and welcome to the Banished to the Pen podcast. I am not Ryan Sullivan, Baron of All Baseball Podcasts, but he will return next time. My name is Brandon Lee, and for this edition, we are very lucky to be speaking with Susan Patrone. Susan is the author of the new book, Throw Like a Woman, available now wherever books are sold. We speak about the book, whether we'll see a woman in the major leagues, a little bit about the writing process, and about the Cleveland American League baseball team. Thanks for coming along for the ride, and the Banished to the Pen podcast begins right now. This is the latest Banish to the Pen podcast, and uh, we have an awesome special guest today, and it is, uh, it is Susan Patron. Susan Patron, the author of the new book, Throw Like a Woman. Hello, Susan. Hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. We're, we're incredibly happy to have you, and I am incredibly happy to have you, and uh, very excited, actually, to, uh, to you know, be able to talk to you about this book. Uh, just uh, uh, like a, a quick story, I got uh, an advanced copy of your book through uh, another member of our uh, of our site, uh, Eric Garcia McKinley. So thank you, Eric, for uh, for sending this over. But uh, I had a chance to read it, and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm I'm very happy, very pleased that uh, you're able to join us today. Thank you. Uh, uh, um, so just a. a We'll start off with with a little bit uh, a little bit about you. Is this uh, you know uh, you're you you write about baseball a little bit and uh, you know is this your first book and a little bit about you as uh, as as a writer and a, as a baseball fan? Okay, um, I write fiction. Been writing fiction longer than I've been writing about baseball. Um, <laughs> I've had you know, short stories published by Glimmer Train and. Featherproof books and a lot of other places. Oh, Featherproof! Um, Featherproof is great. They're out of yeah, Chicago. Yeah, they're in Chicago. Yes, they're they're amazing. Um, and I had a novel published uh, in 2009 by a very very small kind of regional micro press. So that you know felt like that was like the minor leagues, and now I feel like I'm in the majors. Um, awesome. Uh, I also co-own and co-author the blog It's Pronounced which is the Indians, the Cleveland Indians blog for the uh, ESPN Sweet Spot Network. So I get to write a little bit about baseball for fun and uh, write fiction. And I used to, I was the former communications manager for the Society for American Baseball Research. And awesome. Yeah. So that's that. Awesome. Fantastic. So so this this uh, so your new book, Throw Like a Woman, uh, just came out at the end of March. And uh, the the story the story follows a uh, a a woman Brenda. She is a uh, she she's a mother. She's got a single mother. She has two kids and also a a an incredible fastball. <laughs> um, and uh, that's that's kind of you know the the uh, the back cover in in a nutshell. Uh, but there's more, of course. Um, as as you were writing the book, uh, you know how. Well, let's just start with this. How did the idea for the book even come about? Okay, um, I am a cyclist, bicycle cyclist, and one day I was out riding along the Chagrin River in uh, in Cleveland, and you know, beautiful day, and I'm just riding along, having a great time, and there's you know, there's nobody else around, no other cars, no other bikes, even. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, and a car pulled on to the road and cut me off, and it was it was really uncalled for, and it just ticked me off. 
You know, it's one of those moments where you go, come on, you're just being a jerk person. And I started pedaling as fast as I possibly could, thinking, yes, my anger is going to make me ride fast enough to catch up this car that's going like 50. And, and, and I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. And of course, you know, you can't. But then I started thinking, man, wouldn't it be cool if this burst of angry adrenaline, uh, you know, could make me really ride that fast. And I play uh, baseball in a wood bat pickup league on Sunday nights. And, you know, I play with a bunch of guys and it's fun. And, you know, I'm like mediocre. And I kept thinking, gee, wouldn't it be cool if I, you know, if I got really angry that I could like just throw really hard. And then the idea just kind of came from there. And so um, the character Brenda does have a really mean fastball and whenever she thinks about her ex-husband <laughs> then she throws really hard yes that's absolutely right and and she actually uh she pulls that that emotion and that anger from different sources at different times throughout the book so it's so there there are a lot of kind of external forces that you know are kind of being jackasses to her <laughs> at different There's points. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, how how much of you is in Brenda? How much how much of the character is autobiographical? Um, you know, we share certain character traits. Uh, we both like Indian food, and we both love the Smiths. Uh, and let me see. Um, and we both love baseball and you know, consider ourselves probably to be imperfect parents, but we try really hard. So that, that definitely, I don't, I, you know, I'm happily married and have one kid and, uh, I have an ex-husband from a long time ago. So some of that anger, you know, but everybody has anger. And one of the reasons that I wrote this book and wrote it the way I did was because I feel like female anger doesn't get dealt with very often in literature at mm -hmm. least not in a legitimate way mm -hmm. you know it's always either she's either portrayed as like you know a whack job crazy yeah. or it's this hysterical silly ineffectual ooh, kind of thing that doesn't really get taken seriously so i wanted to write about a character that you know had some things that legitimately could make her her angry and that she, you know, used it and that it was, and wanted tr to treat it seriously as, I don't know, sometimes I think male anger somehow comes off as more legitimate than female anger. Yeah. And I don't like that. No, no. no absolutely not. Like absolutely not. No, no, absolutely not. And, and, you know, I, I feel like that, that really, that really comes out through the book, you know, like there are, there's, there's a lot in the world that that makes anyone angry right and yeah and i think in 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 brenda's case um you know after she is kind of uh after she's she's discovered almost you know kind of kind of by the internet kind of by espn um you know it kind of builds up this this uh you know the this kind of backlash right like there's sure. there's there's a little bit from the players and, you know, a little bit from the media and a little bit from the from the public or a lot of bit from all of these sources, not not necessarily a little yeah. bit. Can can you kind of kind of uh, 
touch on touch on that a little bit and i don't want to you know give any you know major uh you know major major spoilers away but you know she this is uh brenda the character makes you know makes it through the the minor league system and and eventually uh and eventually pitches in the in the majors and uh you know there's there is all of this this sort of uh, external backlash going on around her. Can can you talk about that? Uh, you know, can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, I mean, yeah, she does make it to the majors and playing for my beloved Cleveland Indians. So why not? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? They were they of course the American League, so why wouldn't they? Of course, of yeah. course. Um, I mean, every rookie gets hazed, right? So I thought, okay, well, what would happen to a female rookie? How would that hazing maybe be a little more pointed because she's female and not just a rookie? And, you know, not all the players are mean to her and not all the fans are mean to her. So, I mean, I don't certainly not like, you know, male bashing or saying all players are bad. There, there are plenty of players who are very nice to her, but there are a couple who take the hazing to a, a dev, another level. And, um, yeah, I, part of it was, okay, try to imagine what would it be like to have a woman playing in the matrix? What would she encounter? And, you know, if you read comments on, you know, read an article about Monet Davis or Chelsea Baker or any female, young female player um, playing Little League or whatever, Read the comments. Oh, God, the comments. Oh, God, the comments, yeah. I mean, you have people who just don't think it's a good thing to have girls playing baseball, period. And I figured she was going to encounter that. And, yeah, obviously for dramatic purposes, you maybe ratchet it up a little bit more. And, yeah, I could – I don't know that – the fan protests would be as organized as they are in the book, but sure, she would get a lot of, I mean, I think any woman playing in the majors would get a lot of grief. And uh, so part of that was trying to imagine what that might be like. And, you know, yeah, some of it tried to find a few amusing ones and ways for her to retaliate in kind. Yes. (laughs) And I like a good joke, so. Of course, of course. Um, I don't know if that really answered your question or no, not. No, it's it's fine. No, no, uh, that was that was perfect. Um, can you talk a little bit also about the role of family in in the book here, and and specifically a little bit about um, baseball as something that's passed down from generation to generation? Uh, you know, in the book, uh, uh, baseball. Or uh, a love of baseball, or playing baseball is something that Brenda had gotten from her father, and then it's something that you know she uh, is kind of in the process of passing down to her uh, to her children through their uh, you know taking them to games and going to sports camp and and things like that. I mean, I think it does seem that there are like baseball families or their football families or swim families you know what I mean and I mean I have a kid who's nine and um you know through no fault of my own I've become like we've become a swim family with her mm-hmm. um but yeah I think baseball is definitely one of those things that gets passed down for me actually it was uh, my older brother Mike mm-hmm. who taught me about baseball 
because uh, my parents, you know, my dad was a musician, my mom's a writer, was a writer, and you know, they didn't play, you know? <laughs> and they didn't watch it, and it was for me, it was this it's very tied up with my childhood, and you know, this thing that I bonded with my older brother over, and some of the kids in our neighborhood, and that's when the obsession came. I don't know if uh, I don't know if my daughter loves it as much as I do. <laughs> it was something that uh, my first date with my husband was uh, an Indians game. Okay. Yeah, I met him and he said those four magic words: "I have season tickets." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> well, perfect." I mean, so I, I actually. Um, Baseball was actually passed, or I love baseball, actually, it was passed down to me through my mom, uh, and she's the one who taught cool. me how to, how to, how to pitch, and uh, I don't, neither of us pitch very well, but, you know, she taught me the grips on the, on, on the pitches, and, you know, and how to get to, and how to get to Wrigley Field from, or, you know, on the train and things like that, so, uh, you know, here's, here's to mom's playing baseball. Um, I love your mom. I know you know. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, there's a part in the book um, where yeah where where Brenda's um, where Brenda's older son makes her a uh, makes her a, a mix of songs that she yeah. that she would uh, that that he thinks she would enjoy or that or that he knows she would enjoy um, and and one of the, one of the things that I kind of wanted to know and you mentioned your love of the Smiths earlier but what what's uh, what are some of the songs that you were listening to as you were uh, as as you were writing this actually for this i did actually have a baseball mix no. that i would put on that i made and it was like like uh welcome billy bragg um oh uh, the joe dimaggio song and, yeah and that old uh, did you see jackie robinson hit that ball and um <laughs> yeah and the ubiquitous center field and uh, a couple of you know stretched it a little bit like you know chuck berry brown-eyed handsome man because he you know there's that reference to uh hitting the home run at the last verse um and uh the Lemonheads cover of uh mrs robinson mm-hmm. where you got to go dimaggio so mm-hmm. and some of them i stretched it <laughs> but yeah i had that my baseball mix that i would play and for some reason once in a while when i'm writing a book i have a like I'll make either a CD, there's a like an existing CD, or I'll make a mix that uh, kind of ha- I start having a Pavlovian response to it. So as soon as I hear it, I'm like, okay, time to write, and and it starts coming. Yeah, it cool. helps. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I think in 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 that sort of same vein, like you know, songs that inspired you. Are there, are, were there other baseball books that kind of uh, inspired you or, you know, that, that are some of your favorite ones as, as you kind of went back to them as you were writing them? You know, I mean, everyone loves Ball Four, and that really is one of perhaps the best book of nonfiction I've ever read, just because it, there was a, it had a novelistic feel and a great narrative, but it was just what that life is like um from my favorite baseball book also a fan of um slouching towards fargo mm-hmm. um now i can't remember the author's name and it's about two years in the northern league and it was actually around the time that uh isla borders was also playing and 
Bill Murray was a part owner of one of the teams. And oh, it's just, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a great book. Um, so, and uh, actually there's, uh, now I can't remember the author's name, there's a book that came out eh, about four years ago called Diamond Ruby that was really loosely based on Jackie Mitchell. But it was just, it's just a good narrative. Um, probably most of the baseball books I read are actually nonfiction as opposed to fiction. Don't know why. <laughs> just like I like reading about the history. Yeah. Um, having even though I work for Saber and I'll occasionally put some advanced metrics into a blog post, but mm. I don't calculate them. I'll use them and I respect them, but I'm more into I'm more into the stories. I love you know I love history, baseball history, and or, or baseball poetry, things like that, or the silly stuff. Yeah. 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 Awesome. No, I hear I hear you about the 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 history and the stories and the and the you know that aspect of it and uh, you know it's I, I I feel like I'm I'm not always drawn to baseball fiction, um, uh, but and I don't know why yeah yeah but but that said we we are on on this podcast talking about a work of baseball fiction um, and uh, yeah and, I wrote one I wanted to read I guess that yeah was... exactly exactly. Um, so the, so Brenda, the character, she's kind of, uh, discovered, um, in the, the, you know, those, those fast pitch areas at yes. the, uh, at the, at, at the ballparks pitch. where they, yeah. where they kind of measure your, uh, you throw as hard as you can and you see, and you see how fast you can throw it. Um, yeah. is, is that, you know, how, when... I guess. Do you think we'll see a a woman in in the big leagues, and then kind of how will they how will they be discovered? Will they be will will it kind of be like a a, a case where they they're really talented from the get go, and they and you know they're drafted, come up through a minor league system, or is it going to be this kind of like finding someone you know on oh, on YouTube would... who can do something incredible? My guess would be it would probably be the, the the former of you know somebody coming up through the minors either the way like Ala Borders did or if, you know kids like Chelsea Baker and Monet Davis mm-hmm, who are mm-hmm. uh, you know getting a lot of attention as teenagers playing in little league. Um, I mean, really, part of this was you know in writing it. It's like you know you know that that little fantasy of like. If only, if only, if only. <laughs> so if I could actually throw a baseball 95 miles an hour, maybe this is what would happen to me. Um, but no, I, th- I, I, I think that if it ever happened, it would have to be, you know, she would have to pay her dues. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there are women, there are young women playing. In the uh, college level. varsity teams. High, high school, and, yeah. And, you know, Julie Croto was the first woman to play NCAA baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there are a handful that come through. And I think it's it, – you need that combination of a really talented player who's incredibly brave and uh, managers and coaches who are receptive and say, okay, you know, I don't mind. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, this pr- person can help us win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's that's a rare combination. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. To find the right person in the right time and the right place. Yeah, no, definitely. There's, you know, there's 
going going back to to something that we uh, talked about a little earlier about uh, Brenda kind of harnessing her anger and using that as a means to um, you know uh, to to get the job done on the field. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, that came up in the in the book kind of is how she uh, dealt with like using uh, you know playing as a way to channel that that uh, that anger and um, you know and and all the all the external uh, all the external uh, heckling and, and hazing and it you know it's it's similar uh, in a lot of ways to the narrative of uh, to the Jackie Robinson narrative of you know yeah. not uh, you know not completely wanting to uh, to to rock the boat, but you're you're a very obvious trailblazer, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like what? And, and have a target on your back. Right, and have a, and have a target on your back. Is that is that kind of an approach that you drew from in writing the book and writing the character? Actually, yes. Um, God, now I can't remember what book it was that I was reading. And it, again, Isla Borders. And I remember her reading somewhere that she read several biographies of Jackie Robinson when she was playing in the minor leagues. And I thought, yep, you know, if anybody would know how she would feel, it would be... It would be Jackie Robinson. Yeah. I mean, and, and so I kind of went from there. I mean, it's... You can't make an, I don't think you can make an absolutely equivalent, it's the exact same civil rights issue because, yes, there are differences. Not every woman, you know, the best woman may or may not be as good as the average guy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, whereas skin color, big, big whoop-de-doo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you, I, but I figured the, the experience would probably be similar enough. Um, and so... I mean, the, I think the, if I could change anything, there are a couple players, like in my head, I kind of knew who all the players on her team, like what they looked like. And there are a couple that I had like pictured in my head as African-American. I didn't like write them. I didn't like say the African-American player, blah, 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 because that felt really like gratuitous. Mm-hmm. But the ones that are nice to her in my head were maybe ones that felt an affinity with her mm-hmm. in that way. So... That's that's that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. There is there is actually uh, there is one part that I I kind of laugh, not laughed at, a little bit laughed at. There there's a part where they're on the where they're on the team charter and there's a and one of the um, one of the flight attendants goes up to Brenda and asks whether she's. Um, you know, how, wanna, yeah, who do you know that you're on the yeah, plane? Yeah, who do you know that who do you know that you're on the plane? And I kind of feel like, you know, this is such like a a big story that, you know, yeah, there are some people who who still wouldn't uh who still wouldn't realize that there is uh yeah. that you know, there's there's a woman in the big leagues and I I just kind of thought that was a that was uh, you know, kind of a funny moment. Well, good. I mean, it's it's funny. I went to God, this was probably 20 years ago. I went to this writing conference down in Canton because Kurt Vonnegut was the keynote speaker. Ooh, okay. I know, right? <laughs> and 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 I actually, it's a long story for another time. Um, ended up, um, you know, having meeting with him and and chatting with him briefly. And um, but 
uh, I was in a, in the hotel bar with a group of people, and he came in, and I chatted with him, and I had written to him, so he kind of remembered me. It was really cool. <laughs> um, and then later on, we said to the waitress, you know, we'd like to send a drink over to, to Kurt Vonnegut, and she was like, who? Who? <laughs> so, I mean, if you're not in that world, if, if, if you're, not a, you're not a fan of books, if you're not a fan of baseball, you wouldn't know. But we're just like, wow, you don't know who Kurt Vonnegut is, man? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I figured, yeah, they, people are in their, they know what they know. And if, they don't, if you're not a fan, yes, there would be women who, there are people who weren't aware. Yeah, yeah. One of the, one of the things in the book that, uh, that recurs at the end of each chapter is uh, there's, a, there's a transcript from a nightly show on ESPN. That uh, or a fictional show, but uh, ESPN, not a fictional network. Um, but at the end of at the end of every chapter, it features uh, uh, an excerpt from from that show, and there's there's one character, uh, uh, Charlie, who's uh, Charlie Bannister, who's the host of the show, who's who's very uh, supportive, and he catches on who he uh, catches the Brenda story early on, and he kind of has. And he has a kind of foil on the show who is uh, less receptive to the idea of a of a woman yeah. playing in the bigs and and like oh you know the no way Cleveland is going to come back and any any all of that um, what you know how how did those characters kind of uh, kind of uh, come about and um, what and did you kind of draw on kind of like real life media reaction to uh to write them um that's a good question uh because i do remember the the moment when i started thinking about when when the charlie bannister character kind of started forming in my head i was on the treadmill at the y and i had just started writing the book and because it started out as a short story and then you know, several at the time I was in a writing group and everyone read it and said, no, no, this isn't a short story. This is a novel, you know, <laughs> and and all I had was there's this lady who gets really angry and can throw a baseball. And, <laughs> you know, it the whole story and her whole narrative trajectory hadn't you know started to gel yet when I was, you know, and I, I plot a lot of my novels either on like the spinning bike at the Y or mm-hmm. on uh, or on my bicycle or on the treadmill or while I'm running because mm-hmm. you know freeze your mind just enough um, and people look at you funny if you're just sitting there thinking and they think that you're not doing anything right. um, and I was looking at the and the TV was on in the Y and it was tuned to Sports Center in the morning I was like oh yeah she needs <laughs> she needs an ally and somebody to <clears throat> and, and originally he was just gonna be a news guy and they were never ever gonna meet mm-hmm. but but they do but they do but they do <laughs> and then as you said yeah he need he needed a foil so i created the howie wajinski character who's on there once a week with him just so he has somebody to talk to and uh i think part of it also i started out as a playwright a long time ago and i <laughs> like to write dialogue so it's like oh good i get to write dialogue for them <laughs> So, so that's where he came from. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. And uh, you know how? So you're um, you're a mom. Uh, how how much of your 
you know how how much of your uh of of your daughter is in uh the the two uh brenda's kids in the book oh my maybe a little bit of her is in the younger one mm-hmm. i mean I, I have an only so it's a different dynamic yeah yeah um uh i'm the youngest of six so i grew up with you know uh three sisters and two brothers so mm-hmm. i remember you know watching my brothers play and fight and so not a whole lot of her actually she's okay. a, a very different personality except for the maybe you know she's a little she's on she's on the, the, the tiny side like yeah. the younger kid yeah but not a whole actually not a whole lot of her that okay. was more of me observing other kids and drawing on memory and you know drawing on kids that you see and observation yeah 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 okay okay cool cool um have how, what has uh what has what has response to the book been uh for you so far it's it's been really great i mean it's it's cool that like baseball readers seem to really like it and women fiction readers seem to really like it and it's and having fun that it's hitting like two two audiences that sometimes you would think are uh, very disparate and it's got a little got a little something for everybody <laughs> but it's, I hate to say that that's not so self-serving um, but it I've been really, really amazingly gratified by like the reviews that it's starting to get on Goodreads and on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and or, you know, like just complete strangers sending me a note on Twitter saying, Hey, I'm reading your book and I really love it. Yeah. <laughs> makes my day. Yeah. yeah. Or or crazy or, people who, you know, you know mention you I on love Twitter. It when you and be on say, my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and Joe Poznanski wrote a blurb yeah. for the back of for the back of your book. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. Which was very cool. Back when I worked for Saber, um, we I said, hey, we need to have Joe Poznanski come and be a speaker. So he was the keynote speaker for the Seymour Metal Conference in Gosh, when was that? Two thousand nine, I think it was. Yeah. And um, you know, he's a Clevelander, mm-hmm. a native Clevelander, so. We have a love of, you know, the Indians and, and, and Dwayne Kuyper in common. And uh, when I was, you know, hunting for blurbs, because that's one of the things the author has to do. You have to write to famous people, you know, and say, would you write, would you read this and blurb it? And I wrote to Joe Posnaski and said, hey, or his assistant, and said, hey, would you be willing to blurb this? And he's like, yeah, great to hear from you. Read it, and he wrote me this fantastic blurb. And, um... Yeah, that's awesome. So, and it, the reaction has been really, really, extremely positive. Awesome. And that's fun. Awesome. That's great. That's great. And you know, we can't. Uh, I, I uh, we can't leave without asking uh, how you think uh, Cleveland is going to do this season. Oh man, that's a hard one. <laughs> uh, we did. Uh, I, as I said earlier, I uh, co-author and co-write. Uh, the blog it's pronouncedlageway.com or mm-hmm. the Sweet Spot Network, and yes. we did our season predictions. And right this year, we have uh, like 12 people writing for the blog, which is nice, uh, actually. And 11 of us 
managed to get our preseason predictions in. And, you know, the number of wins was all over the place. I will say that uh, I picked them to win 88 games. Okay. Um, I'm not holding fast to that. I They look pretty good, but they just played the Astros. So, no offense. I guess the the Astros Astros will make anybody look good. Forming. And they're a very young team. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to diss the Astros. They, you know, they beat us in the first game. Um, And, you know, I look at the AC Central and, and just out of sentimentality, I picked the Indians to, to finish first, but I feel like it could be like a four-way tie. <laughs> um, with I mean, with the Twins way down there at the bottom, and I feel bad for the Twins, but <laughs> I like the Twins. Yeah, um, of course. They're their favorite team, actually. Oh, but okay. I, I feel like they have a very good chance, if not of winning their division of getting one of the wild card spots yeah there you go there you go um i'll i'll have you know the uh the banished to the pen uh group on facebook 44 percent had cleveland winning the american league central that is the that's that's a plurality in the division uh so so there you go uh i think they're as i'm looking at the numbers they're the only i will say they are the only division where uh where the the uh, di- predicted division winner does not break fifty percent, um, but but they're still they're still number one for that division. <laughs> That's you know it's a lot of people are predicting them to do well this year. However, as growing up as an Indian fan and as a Cleveland sports fan, you, I've heard this a lot and been disappointed a lot. So. I am an eternal optimist, but I still wait for the other shoe to drop. Of course, <laughs> of course, I understand. Well, you know, I I like the Cubs, so okay. yeah, we'll go, we'll go with that. <laughs> Leave it at that. We I understand. We understand each other. Right. <laughs> um, the last the last question. It's kind of it's a bit of a, a podcast tradition here. Um, uh, the last question I have for you is: What is your baseball pet peeve? Is there something about baseball or about fans or about players or a specific player that just annoys you? Man, just one? <laughs> uh, you know, and this is going to sound stupid, but as an editor and a writer, I don't know why this is, and maybe it's just the, the Cleveland announcers, but I don't quite get the the tendency to always use the passive voice like rounding third is Kipnis. I'm like, no, Kipnis is rounding third. What the, <laughs> that, that just annoys me. Um, and that's, uh, this, a stupid pet peeve. Um, uh, that's a good one. That's, that's not one that we've heard so far. <laughs> right. Uh, that, or when I go to a game and people are, uh, like listening to the game on the radio or talking on the phone the whole time. No, oh, yeah, that's uh, you know, I yeah, yeah, none of that, none of that. Um, okay. About that passive voice thing. Oh, the passive voice. Now, you know what? Now I'm gonna listen for it. Oh. The- <laughs> now I'm gonna listen for it. 
Um, okay, and like I said, it, maybe it's just Cleveland announcers. I don't know. Huh. Okay. Well, you know what? It's it's something it's something to listen for. It's something to listen for now. <laughs> oh well, thank you so much for joining us today, Susan. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to have you. Uh, you know, just to close out, uh, let let everyone know where they can find you, website, Twitter handle, uh, you know, on on the internet. Um. Well, thank you very much for having me. Uh, this has been a blast, and. Uh, I'm on Twitter at it at Susan Patrone, P-E-T-R-O-N-E, or online SusanPatrone.com. And you can get the book pretty much anywhere books are sold, uh, online or your local independent bookstore. And I, I used to work for an indie bookstore, so I'm a big fan of those. But um, anywhere. And thank you again for having me on the podcast. This yeah. has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun and thrilled like a woman. Anywhere books are sold, you can find it now. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you.